calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. steal the moons from all the skies to be pearls at your throat. Such a sweet and good boy to promise such things beyond his power. What is it you want me to steal? The only thing worth stealing, my love. The only thing in all the worlds and all the cosmos of any true value. A heart. Middle Game, a.k.a. Chess. Rogue mastermind with a specialization in ranged combat. Born on the junk plane of the Iron Fen, Sphinx learned to stay ahead of the game. With roving gangs of cannibals, junkers, and hunters, and no government to speak of, he knew there was no way to win unless he dictated the rules. An unassuming man enters Aheshka. He has a briefcase in one hand. He is dressed in the customary outfit of the guards. A simple suit. Nothing fancy. 
He takes in the floor, looks at his watch, and keeps an eye on all the exits and entrances. He makes his way towards the back of the hall, where he finds two other guards waiting for him. He scratches behind his pointed ears. How's it going, fellas? Everything seems normal here. I've kept a good eye out, and so far, nothing to report. That's good to know. Well, I'm spending most of my time just, um, <laughs> let's say, enjoying the, the pleasures of the casino. Uh, you missed the excellent execution earlier. Uh, really, this is a showstopper. Do they use a shredder kid? No, they used boogledoes. That's what I meant. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were supposed to be avoiding temptation while on the job. Oh, I've never been one who uh, says no to temptation if I'm given the option. So, uh, is shift change already? It doesn't seem like time. No, I got called in. Ah, early, early. Rules from high up. They never tell us. Something after the foul crown meeting. I don't know. I guess they want to talk to me about some irregularities. Those people sure know how to take up space. Well, I'm going to slip past you. He rolls deception to try and pass the guards. That is a 19 plus 7 for a 26. Jeez, Louise. Unfortunately, while the fallow crown was planning their means of defending the wild heart from the battle standard, uh, realizing the guards at the front would be probably the most important eyes on the floor, one of them was entrusted with a very special pair of spectacles who he has been wearing on his nose the whole time. Looking down at this blufferoonie, I'm going to have to roll fucking great to beat a fucking 26, though. I believe in you. So because you are initiating a challenge, he's going to have to re-roll. Opposed. I gotcha. Yes. With disadvantage. Interesting. Ooh. I got an 18 and a 2. I got a total of 22 with the spectacles. This boy's got his 19. Now, you've all been given very clear instructions. They should proceed, but it should be hindered. Hmm. So the idea is you can't just call them out and arrest them. The hope is that they have to go around, go on like awkward directions, and then you can force them into a fight later. I got you. I got to see the higher ups myself. I'll go with you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't like walking through this place by myself. It's all creepy. There's like mattresses with tongues hanging out of them and little men in red hats that want to stomp on my skull with their big metal shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Leave me here alone again. That's one less cigarette for you. Wink. Look, I get it. No problem at all. Gotta follow procedure. Let's go. And the guard will follow him. Cool. He leads him in an awkward path until they're finally in a place where he feels safe. Safe enough to strike. It takes him a little bit of effort, but he's able to subdue the guard, but not before taking a massive beating to his body and suffering 1d6 damage, which will linger for later. Ooh. I'm gonna name this guard M.T. Buckles. (laughs) (laughs) He checks his watch. Curses to himself. Fuck. Ah, it's eating up time. Okay, okay, okay. Next plan, next plan. Plan B. Gotta get rid of the body. He drags the body into a nearby closet after taking a moment to pick it. He's off schedule. Now he's stuck in an awkward part of the back rooms. He has to find his way without being spotted. He rolls stealth to do so. That is a 17. So he's in, like, the service, like, backstage kind of. He is. Gun area. What's our plan here? If someone has an idea, like someone, one of us could be at the security cameras watching so we could like roll our oppose. They each get three skill checks. You guys have two counters each. Okay. We flash back. Penelope Farthing, surrounded by small birds and rats. <laughs> okay, so what I need you to do is to hide on, on, on top of cabinets or under 
desks. And if you see anyone, start making a ruckus. One of the rats goes, I see a lot of people. Who am I supposed to be looking for? Somebody that looks like they're trying to be quiet. Everybody looks like they're trying to be quiet. They're fey. That's what they do. You'll know when you see them. I hope so. Otherwise, we're going to be making a lot of noise. And then afterwards, I'll open the door to the buffet. I promise. You fucking better. (laughs) Gotta get them shrimp. (laughs) Get the shrimp. Pizza rat has a fucking attitude. (laughs) See that rat hauling a fucking piece of pizza? (laughs) Fucking perfect. As he finally gets towards the corridor he's supposed to be in, there is a loud explosion of various screechings and chitterings. What are you rolling? Animal handling? All right, cool. That's stealth against animal handling at disadvantage. It's like the Brooklyn Disney princess. (laughs) Baby got an 18. Nice. That beats his 15. Once he starts being squawked at, he realizes he has to take yet another path, delaying him even further. He will now get disadvantage on his initiative roll. Ooh. Seems like we got a rat in the outfit. He sneaks out and around, wasting a little bit of time and drawing their attention to other places, but eventually finds his way to his mark. He's standing before the door to a security room. From his pocket, he pulls out a security key, something he forged himself, one not unlike the ones you had from before. He rolls deception, and that is an 18. We cut to Gaspar having a security meeting with the personnel, talking to the pit boss, usually watching the floor from scries placed tactically around the casino. Okay, here's the thing. They're going to get in. They expect resistance going in. You can change the locks. Doesn't matter. But sometimes you need to add the lock. If they get into that security room, you just need to require another lock to get out. (laughs) I like that. It will take him some time before he can figure out how to escape it. But those precious seconds will cost him. Nice. So, what are you rolling? Gaspar is going to use his proficiency with thieves tools to then reverse engineer a lock that would be quite tricky from the inside. Nice. What do you got? A 27. His dirty <laughs> 20 does not do it. It's 27? Jesus Christ. Holy Damn. crap. He opens the door effortlessly, so incredibly proud of himself. He walks over to the devices and he begins poking away at them. After a short period of time, suddenly, the security system on the heart drops. And as he moves to leave, he realizes he's locked in. Fuck! Fuck! Fucking fuck! And that's when the other security system kicks in. Nothing special, just a simple dart trap, but it's enough to shoot him several times in the rump. Rump. I also want you to set up rump darts. (laughs) (laughs) Butt-homing missiles. (laughs) Oh, God! No! My ass! My ass! (laughs) He pulls out the darts. My heisting cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Don't apologize. You have a goof license. Goof hard. I I apologize for cutting you off. Not the joke. Not fair. God, why would they do that? (gasps) Who does that? (laughs) He spends the next several minutes trying to decipher your particular lock. It takes him a little bit of time, but then he realizes exactly what's going on. He's bad at heists. Dr. Rudiger Costas. 
aka Dr. Caustic. Native to the Iron Fend and longtime companion of chess, Dr. Caustic is an acidic artist, a poisonous prodigy, and a master of mutagens. His arcane performance enhancers earned him a reputation as a fixer who can get you well in every sense of the word. Dr. Caustic is not someone who can hide easily. He's a bald, thickly built human with pale green skin. His surgical obsession has granted him numerous cosmetic modifications. Neon green eyes, dripping acidic tears, retractable viper fangs, acid green claws, and more. He also bears tattoos of snakeskin on his forearms and neck. His shoulder-buttoned lab coat is an unbearable cliché, and the rolled-up sleeves and bandoliers of mysterious concoctions do little to remove the stink of try-hard from the good doctor. I'm rooting for this guy. (laughs) (laughs) He has a a vile appearance. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't take him long to find his way into the elevator shaft. Now comes the tricky part. Climbing the cable. He's going to roll an athletics check. Is that the elevator music? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is a 15. Cut earlier. With Wuxia standing in the kitchen, trying to navigate everybody around him. All the scraps, all the grease, putting them in here, right in one bucket, with a hole in it. Keep going, keep going. As soon as that's filled, Wuxia is going to cover up the hole and run to the elevator as high up as he can and pour the filthy grease all over <laughs> the cable. <laughs> all right, go ahead and what are you rolling? That's a very good question. I'm going to call that survival. <laughs> I like that. Oh, it's setting up a trap. It yeah, you sense. get two yeah. buckets. One's for the elevator, one's for your <laughs> This is my at-home bucket. <laughs> one for you, one for me. What do you got? 18. That is fantastic. It certainly beats his natural one, which gives you guys a free token to use. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dr. Caustic manages to climb up a good, solid handful of feet before he encounters the grease. And once he does, it won't come off. He falls and takes a nasty spill on the top of the elevator. The people inside hear him and cause a commotion. He takes six damage. Damn. Probably from breaking vials of acid he had in his back pocket. <laughs> Motherfucker. All right. Let's go figure this out. If it's greasy, you're going to break down the grease, which means... He reaches to his side, pulls out a vial, and covers his hands with a caustic acid. It burns away the gloves that he was wearing, but does nothing to his skin. He then begins to climb, and the grease burns away at his touch. It takes him time, and it hurt him, but he's on his way. Finally, he reaches his destination. A plumbing main. And he's looking for something. He wants to find the pipes that lead to the staff rooms. He rolls investigate. That's an 18. No counter? No one planned ahead to block the pipes, I don't think. That's fair. Few do. They usually just get blocked on their own. (laughs) Dr. Kostick finds the pipe he's looking for, and then he pulls out an extremely concentrated poison with the intent of poisoning the staff water supply. You boys don't need to counter that one because he rolled a three. As he slowly and carefully removes the stopper, there's one thing he didn't account for. Heat expansion. A small mist sprays out into his face, and immediately, he realizes the mistake he's made. He drops the poison, and then immediately starts clawing at his eyes as the extreme, powerful diuretic bleeds into his bloodstream. Oh, no. 
He still has acid fingers and he's driving around. <laughs> <laughs> he turns and runs towards the nearest corner in some odd attempt at modesty before pulling off his pants and just unloading into the middle of this maintenance act. That's a fast act in shit water. <laughs> a classical ocular diuretic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does it need to be as concentrated as you've made it? No, yeah, I think so. It's going to be a lot of water. Oh, God. Yeah, it's got to be that concentrated. Uh, unpleasant fully. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody have a handful of wet pasta to drop. <laughs> he takes 1d6 poison damage. <laughs> this does not make me butt come. Tear <laughs> 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 Lost Hope, aka Carnivore. Raised on a plane now lost to the endless hunger of the ravening, Tyr remembers all the wildlife that filled the sweeping vistas of Jotunjaw, and has vowed to keep safe their memories. He has also promised himself never to be prey when he can choose to be the predator. A Grimalkin enters the back areas. This one doesn't seem like the others. He's larger, seemingly more feral. But nevertheless, all cats are welcome. He approaches one of the largest cats in the room and strikes it on the face. You've got something I need. The Grimalkin that was just struck says, Who says I owe you a goddamn thing? I need your attention. Well, it's my attention and my eye that you have obtained. (laughs) I love this cat. (laughs) Claws out. Yeah. His fur expands and he starts pacing around you. Tonight. You're not going to do your job. You're going to stay right here. And in exchange, I'll give you all the fish you could need. You know, Grimalkin don't like to do what they're told. Right, but you understand that you've been told by somebody else to do something, so I'm just asking you to do a different thing. I mean, come on. No, no. They put us here and we do whatever we want, and if that just so happens to be what they want to, (laughs) then our agreement's nice and Perfect. <laughs> what's uh? What's the name for this character? I don't Why? Know <laughs> His name is Pigeon. I mean, I don't hate. I don't hate Pigeon. Pigeon the man cat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's this guy talking about, Pigeon? What's your cat's name? Um, I kind of like clickbait. <laughs> it's really good. I don't know clickbait. He's trying to tell us what to do. Did Did anyone tell him that? But Malkins don't like to be told what to do. That's what I did. <laughs> well, tell him to get out of here. Yeah, you. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm telling you what to do. <laughs> All right, I think we got it. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did you just tell me to tell him to get out of here? <laughs> you can stay here now. I'm doing the opposite. <laughs> Wait, but if you're telling me what to do and you're not going to do what they took. To- oh, fuck it. Just don't leave the room. How hard is that? He rolls animal handling against your cats. <laughs> fuck me. Good God. That is an 11, which does not beat the DC. What did these cats do? Hey, clickbait. This guy's never heard of reverse psychology before. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how else are you going to... I have a joke. <laughs> what? It could be good. So you why can s- also be a cat in the room. Uh, 
I'll I'll jump in with please, a cat. It could please. be funny. Uh, the cat's name is Horseradish. <laughs> Might I suggest, but not insist, that we all kick his ass? <laughs> <laughs> you said it, Horseradish. <laughs> Let's get him. Let's get Grimalkin on his ham hocks. <laughs> Old Hank, the fourth and final Grimalkin, will stretch out and be like, Oh, if you're kicking someone's ass now. <laughs> it's been highly suggested we do so. But we weren't told to, right? Absolutely not. Well, if it's a suggestion. It's a gray area with some intent of unity, but not mandated. <laughs> you're about to get your belly rubbed. Immediately realizing the horrible mistake that he has made, Tear Lost Home, better known as Carnivore, embodies his name, transforming himself into a far larger, far more hostile cat, and immediately going into a brawl with the other cats. He then takes 1d6 damage in the process. These Grimalkins are the best thing we've ever done. <laughs> 47 cat lives were lost. <laughs> Which was only like two and a half cats. Yeah. Tear Lost Home slinks sullenly from the back alleys. Suppose I accomplished what I intended to, but not in the way I wanted to. That's okay. Tyr leaves the cats slinking away in pain. He turns into what some would call a dog, but not many know what the creatures of his homeworld were called. Well, I guess I guess I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah, I'm distracted, but oh, it's not going the way I meant. That's okay. On to the next thing. He starts posting up and looking at the guards, following their roster, and looking for the gap. They've been predictable up until now, and there's no reason they shouldn't be here. He rolls perception. That's a 12. He fails in this. Got too scratched up. He does, yeah. They fucked up his hammocks. His instincts overcome his better nature, and he finds himself licking his wounds and moping instead of paying attention to the guard roster. And he has to go through an entire wait process before he finally can begin the next stage. Then, he makes his way into the ducts. Inside is an impossible maze, a labyrinthine series of chambers leading from place to place to place. All he has to do is get to the heart chamber. And so, he's rolling survival. That is a 19 on the die. I think I got one for this. Okay. Assuming that one of their teammates would attempt to use the ducts to infiltrate the wild heart chamber, using one of the tiny little pipes that leads into the larger pipe, Iavo set a little bitty trap using the help of some of the Faerun crafters. And when a body passes near it, it simply rips in half a tiny piece of paper, which then shoots out shards and shards of razor-sharp paper shrapnel as a flyleaf unleashes into the tiny corridor. <laughs> I like it. So okay. we'll use an arcana opposed to Ooh. his skill. Okay. Net 20! Hey! I, la I liquefy him. <laughs> <laughs> he got a dirty 20, which does not beat your natural 20. As he trips the rune, suddenly he is being assaulted with razor-sharp paper. This guy has been cut on every <laughs> surface of his body by claw and book. That's what he gets for trying to deal with all the animals in one go. Dogs, cats, ducks. He's fucked. <laughs> ducks. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you rightly, please. Mess with the duck to get the page. <laughs> now foot the bill. <laughs> anyway, he is horribly and badly cut, but the trap is over. 
and he is able to get into the chamber. <laughs> all it cost him was most of his blood. And all of his dignity. <laughs> <laughs> Tyr Lost Home lands in the heart chamber and reaches out with bestial claws to take the legendary artifact, but not until he gets the signal. I can't believe it. Spark Spell Puncher, former artillerist of the Wild Company, has just blown the doors off the place quite literally. With only three members, Metal and Mana is allowed to accept help from any card-carrying member of the Adventurer's Guild. But the Fire Ganassi is carrying more than just cards up his sleeves as his arcane cannon merges with that of Talitha Al-Salim in a totally unrehearsed combo move. Watching those two magical guns couple felt like something that should require a premium subscription to watch. And there's a few mighty pumps, and... And blam! The frost giant is on his knees! Splish the Kanku Monk has hoisted the MM's newest members and meathead high above the battlefield. It's a smite! I knew that perspicacious paladin had squirreled away a spell slot for a rainy day. And today that rain is giant's blood red. Rungnar the Maneater is down. Metal and Mana has pulled a W from this icy tyrant's cold dead hand. With hearts soaring high, the Team Victorious shall now return back to base to warm up their frigid loins and likely scrub away a titanic amount of viscera. By all the lords above and below, I cannot believe Spark's personal journey would bring him back to the league. Truly, this is the greatest sport. Hang about, Warren. What's that, Paige? There's something of a ruckus brewing at Oheshka, the golden casino of Kinuit. It would seem that Ophidian Ashpool is embroiled in a barroom brawl. What? What is it? What's going on, Paige? I don't believe it. Well, what is it? What in the world is happening? Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hi, Willie Mage here for Fayaway, the unsealy sealant, powered by the iron we use every day and suffused with the extraplanar energies that surround and bind us. It's Pantheon approved and safe for your mortal essence. Use it on your windowsills, your doorways. Fayaway wards off fairies of all courts, pesky pixies, spiteful sprites. It gets down into their bodies. It gets down into their souls. It even wards red caps and green hags away from your cabins and cottages. It agitates, it irritates, and it even destroys diminutive dryads. Don't just keep the Fay at bay, use Fay away. Hey, all you cuties. I see your journey has brought you to my mid-roll. Why don't you rest here for a while and hear my words? We've recently had an influx of new Discord members, which I always love to see. And getting to chat with and get to know new fans of the show or old fans of the show who just wanted to give it a shot is a ton of fun. We really do interact there daily, so if you've been on the fence and want to talk to the cast, give it a shot. You can find links to that and all of our social media at thelq.com. 
While you're there, you should check out the Patreon. For just a few bucks a month, you can not only support the show, but get a fat stack of D&D bonus content for your home game, and even bonus audio from the podcast. If you decide to contribute $25 a month or higher, you get to write a character to become part of the forever meta in the LUQ-verse. Or if making a character isn't your scene, you can have your name mentioned with your legendary mid-roll team. Our current legendary mid-roll teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, and this week's featured team, the Ceaseless Horde, with Dave Mladenoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Patch Perryman, and Jeff Ammons. If you'd like to reach out for a personal ad or message to be read on the show, contact admin at slapdashstudios.com. Please be sure to follow us at Twitch at Slapdash Streams for Monday night live LUQ premieres with Dungeon Mistress Dana, Wednesday night cooperative Pokemon Nuzlocks with me and Zach, and Penny Plays on Thursday with so much more during the week. And I thought I'd wrap up my bit this week with a couple more reviews from the show. Plots that captivate, dice rolls and puns aplenty, dishy voices too, all that, and there's a dog on the team. Come on, folks. This D&D podcast has it all going on. That's from Unseen1969 from the USA. The creativity of law and sense of adventure of the players is spectacular. I'm passing the name of this podcast on to anyone who I think might enjoy it. Keep it coming. That's from Kurt52 in Canada. Started listening for the fake ads and I love them. And 30-something episodes in, I find myself just captured by the story. The chemistry of the cast is great. This has easily become perhaps my most favorite actual play D&D podcast. Thanks so much, LUQ. That's from Norwood86 in the United States. And thank you, everyone who leaves a review. We'd love to see what you have to say. I know it's a pain in some of the apps to do that, and it takes time, but it's really very valuable to us, and it helps us grow. And I'll continue to keep reading them in the mid-roll if we keep getting more. And thank you all so much. I'll even work on trying to get a button on the website to make it easier, but for now, it's just not. <laughs> but that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the battle axis. Being a Dark Overlord is a full-time job. Managing minions, maintaining control over your domain, dungeon or cavern maintenance, it's a lot for anyone to deal with. So maybe it's time to take that vacation you've been dreaming of. But why stay in a stuffy generic inn or hotel when you can enjoy the personal comforts of a dungeon away from home? Introducing Lair B&B. You're invited to stay in another Dark Overlord's personal lair. Be it a series of dark caverns, an underground labyrinth, a sepulchre of undeath, or even a luxurious haunted mansion. All of the comforts of home, but new and different. Taste the local flavors, tour the torture chambers, libraries of forbidden lore, or maybe even whip a few new unfamiliar minions into shape. Just think of it, a lich at the center of a labyrinth, a mummy in an undead galleon, or a drow matriarch in a wizard's tower. Mix it up! Home is where the hate is, so feel at home in a new and exciting evil domain. You're in charge for the weekend. Go nuts. Lair B&B, your throne away from throne. Chess shakes off the frustration of trying to open the door. He's finally free and transforms back into his natural shape. A slight, wispy tabaxi, his pale, smooth skin is marred only with tattoos of snake scales on his forearms and neck. Bright, sharp blue eyes bore through everything he sees, viewing all and knowing more. He wears a long, simple black leather jerkin and breeches, and at his hip are a masterfully crafted hand crossbow and a black steel rapier. 
he stretches out in the manner of tabaxi, adorable yet menacing. And then he makes his way toward the heart chamber. It's his job to open up the maintenance hatch and allow his comrade, Carnivore, to escape. First, he has to get to it. It's a 12-foot leap, and he's never been a great climber, despite his natural tendency toward it. He's going to attempt an acrobatics to run up the wall, get to the maintenance shaft, and pull open the hatch. That is a natural 20. Would anybody like to challenge? We gotta challenge a natural 20. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Earlier today, knowing that there were vulnerabilities like this in the duct system, uh, knowing that if something got up there, somebody would have to be let out, Wuxia decided to hide little traps of his own. Snares along the walls. Ropes like fishing line, thin but strong, kept hidden amongst like recesses in the walls and things like that. When he runs up, one of them is going to pull taut around his ankle and try to just slam him down to the floor as hard as it can. <laughs> Excellent. What are Catch you rolling? Catch cradle, if you will. Yeah. Yes. What are you rolling? It's going to be a sleight of hand check. That's the closest thing I have to tie in knots. Perfect. He cocked it on a three. So I rolled it again, and it's a three. Which is great, because I got an eight. Ooh. What's, is that your total? Total. Ah, unfortunately, that's three Plus is six. I lost the race to the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Beat you by one? By one. As he runs up the wall, he catches a glimpse just for a moment of what looks like fishing line. Manages to step just outside of it before getting his hands on the duct and pulling open the maintenance hatch, dropping to the ground. The clatter draws attention, but before anyone can see him, he's long gone. Dr. Costas has finished with his problem. (laughs) And realizing he's not going to be able to poison the entire water supply the way he intended to, he instead goes for a different tack. He takes his scalpel and begins carefully carving runes and other magic work into the gas pipes with the intent of causing explosions and fire at as many points as possible. Cut to earlier. Penelope Farthing is talking to the janitor of this establishment, a bog hag? Perhaps sewer witch is more appropriate. (laughs) Some people are going to be coming through here and probably trying to um, sabotage some of the equipment that you so carefully maintain. You smell like cupcakes and flowers. (laughs) So wonderful. God. (laughs) Thank you. That's a very nice compliment. We don't get a lot of that down here where the turds hit your kneecaps. <laughs> well, I would hate to see anything bad happen to all the equipment that you so carefully maintain. And so I just wanted to let you know some you could keep an eye out. Oh. She pulls an eye out of her head and it begins floating off into the distance. I- Keep many eyes out. No evil magic's in my pipes. But first, you have to braid my hair. Make it pretty, please. I would love to. You know when a mop starts to get like dark gray from overuse? (laughs) Exactly that smell and feeling. I can't believe the fallow crown got to meet the foul crone. (laughs) Or like when a mop is just left, like you didn't rinse it and it crusts over. <laughs> oh. that's, a, that's a hard thing to braid. So what happens in the pipes? 
the arcane eyes are looking out for any kind of magical maleficence to dispel. Mm. They want to counterspell things that are affecting the pipes. Okay. Let's roll that opposed what? Yeah, it's either um, either persuasion to befriend this witch or performance to braid her hair, whichever mm. you prefer. <laughs> up to you. They're the same. All right, what is it? Same stat for me. Hold on, what is it? My, my mom. What are you doing? Are you braiding her hair or persuading? <laughs> this is important. I'm going to use performance to braid this witch's hair awesome. in as lovely a manner as possible. I love it. Okay, cool. Against his arcane. That is a six, or excuse me. That's a nine plus six is a 15. What do you got? Well, unfortunately, an artist can only work with the tools that they are given. <laughs> and I got a 13 after my plus seven. <sighs> that doesn't quite do it. As soon as he sees the arcane eyes floating beside him, he doesn't seem to react at first. Instead, he simply continues going about his business, hits his head with, <sighs> idiot. He reaches down, grabs a vial of acid from his hip, and then immediately throws it into the eyes. Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> My floaty penis! <laughs> Serve you right, you dumb bitch. Oh, my God. Gotta try to interrupt my room casting. Come on. No one ruins my plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> he finishes his work, and that's when the fires start. Torches bursting into brighter flame, catching on the walls. It takes half of the staff working overtime to bring the fires under control. And while that's happening, more than enough people are distracted. Carnivore manages to find his way out of the Wild Hearts chamber using the exit given to him by Chess. Now, once he's out, he simply needs to conceal it. He sets about using a sleight of hand check to hide it on his fully formed person. The lithe and hearty Firbolg has taken on a gnashing maw of fangs in place of the flat, herbivorous teeth of his birth. His ears are clipped and pointed. His eyes are a fierce predator's yellow, and the red of his skin and pink of his scars are heavily contrasted by the black snake tattoos which adorn his arms and neck. His simple peasant clothes are torn and ragged, and while he wears no armor and bears no equipment, he stands like a man with no fear of injury. He tucks the heart within his rags with a sleight of hand check. That is a 15, which is enough to pass. And then he exits into the main hall. Is there any challenge? I think our resources are maybe too few. That's okay. Yeah, I'm going to save some for Ophidian. As you say that, Ophidian Ashpool himself walks through the main doors and immediately draws the attention of every fay in the room, without even so much as a toot from the Herald. <laughs> Hello, everybody! Ah, oh, Kenuant, I'm so happy to be here! It's my first time! Who's going to show me a good time? You? He points to a lovely Deva. Ah, uh, come on. Ooh. You and I hang out a little bit? Oh my. Ophidian's long black hair has been shorn on the sides and braided into a warrior's mohawk, lending his aquiline nose and angular features a severity they lacked before. He wears a tailor-fitted brigandine in forest green, and the short sleeves reveal the same tattoos as his counterparts. His customary whip rests on his hip, partnered with a vicious-looking short sword. Ophidian's charm, natural suaveness, is being put to hard use here as he begins to develop a crowd. He's going to roll Persuasion. That's definitely a 13. No success. So confident in his own bravado, he actually fails to draw much attention at all. A few do seem to see him, but most are simply going about their business. Everyone's got somewhere to be and something to do here in Kinuent. And quite frankly, no one has time for some hero-level nobody. 
Makes sense. <laughs> They're like, they've built up a charisma tolerance here. Showboats are just, <laughs> Realizing this tack has failed, he instead walks his way towards the bar. He orders a drink from the bartender. Well, hey there. How's it going? <laughs> it's a damn fine afternoon. Yourself, you're a handsome man. Look at you. Thank you. Not a problem at all there, sir. I like your hair. <laughs> it's a, hey, yeah, I just got it done like this. I'm pretty excited about it. Hey, could you get me a Hugh Manhattan? A Hugh Manhattan? I can get you two Hugh Manhattans. You want a 10-gallon Hugh Manhattan? Absolutely, I do. <laughs> damn right. You know, it's too bad the, the orcs took Hugh Manhattan back from the Asimar. Ugh, you know, honestly, the Asimar are really the superior people. They really should be sitting there on their thrones where they belong. You know, I try not to delve into superiority and who's better than who very often, but I ain't ever going to stop you from thinking what you want to think. He elbows the guy next to him. Yeah, but the filthy orcs just sitting there taking up the space using all that natural arcane silt just can't oh, just can't sit right with me, you know? The orc, who he has just elbowed, turns to him. I beg your fucking pardon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was talking kind of quiet. Orcs don't belong in Manhattan. Uh, they don't even know what they're doing. Their arcane ceramics are subpar at best. Well, I say that arcane ceramics are impeccable. Uh, yeah, okay. Impeccable. If you say so. Just as impeccable as that tie. You look like a clown. I like clowns. They're <laughs> fine people. The cosmic clown is a necessary part of any balanced spiritual diet. <laughs> Oh, no, I absolutely love clowns, and I'll happily invite them to one of my dozen illegitimate daughter's quinceañeras. But uh, the tie on this idiot just makes them look like they belong at a, well, I was going to say children's birthday party, but that doesn't really track anymore, does it? <laughs> a quinceañera is less of a birthday party and is more of a transitional period for singulars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that the plural wanted to speak on a singulars experience. Next time I want your opinion, I, well, I won't. So I won't even bother asking for it. Am I right, Greenskin? Elbows the orc. He's going to roll performance to try and piss everybody off and get a bar fight going. Excellent. <laughs> that is a 24. No, 26. Now, the Fallow Crown, if nothing else, no Ophidian Ashpool. And they knew he would get a drink at the bar. So they told the bartender who to look for. And Iavos made him a very special ingredient to add to his cocktail. Using the resources of the casino, he made a very special herbalism mixture that would give Ophidian the worst hiccups of his life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And slip it right into his human hand. All right. Go ahead and roll me. Either medicine or herbalism. I was going to go with herbalism. Okay. No. My hiccup juice. I got an eight. Uh, he got a 16. Damn. I'm so sorry, man. I'm just picking on you for no reason. Here, have a drink. He throws the human Manhattan directly into the mouth of the orc, punches him in the gut, and kicks him off his stool. All right, there we go. Now we're going to get a bar fight going, right? Gods, you guys are hard to piss off. The bartender will arm himself with his traditional weapon of choice, which is a pair of fondue forks. LAUGHTER the orc stands up, grabs a bar stool, and crashes it on top of Ophidian's back, but he's good enough at stage fighting that it looks bad, but is nowhere nearly as bad as it should be. I'll get... <laughs> 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 
as soon as the splinters of the bar stool fall into another person's glass, the brawl is on. The glass goes flying across the room. A plate of shrimp are tossed into somebody's face. Some kind of man panther jumps on top of somebody's <laughs> shoulders and starts clawing at their scalp. Everybody is going balls out in this fight. It's a Grimalkin. No one tells me with a bar fight! <laughs> Now that he's got a fair number of people all in the same place, his job is to scare the guards enough to think that he might actually do some serious damage. Ophidian draws on his celestial heritage, reaching deep inside of himself as the divine energy manifests over him. His eyes turn into pools of darkness and two skeletal ghostly wings sprout from his back. Everyone in the bar fight is terrified as he rolls intimidation. That is a 17. All right. We flash back to Gaspar talking to the minimum wage workers here. <laughs> the most unassuming security force that Kinuent has not tapped. <laughs> this portrait is of a special top of the list VIP. Ophidian Ashpool is celebrating his 50th birthday. <laughs> if he ever shows up in any of your sections, it is up to you to give him this birthday cake with all the works. I am putting 500 gold on the table to whoever is lucky enough to drop the biggest birthday bomb. The cake with a giant 50 on it. Such a good slap in the face. <laughs> And I would assume with that, a swarm <laughs> of knee-high red caps carrying a huge oversized birthday cake emerge from the kitchen and pixies begin dropping balloons and confetti from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. It's like a giant wedding cake, but it's a properly scaled model of a Heshka in fondant. <laughs> the worst tasting part of a cake. With a big old happy 50th birthday, Ophidian. <laughs> and of course, the Red Caps are chanting and singing a merry birthday song. Happy, happy birthday. You gambled with the Fae. You came here on your birthday because it's your special day. Go ahead and roll me what? Oh, shit. <laughs> Do you have deception good? Uh, n deception is not particularly great. I, I don't care if I win or lose here. It's We've already won. Skill. But I'm just going to say persuasion. That makes sense. Yeah. That's right. By putting a bounty for servers, because everybody knows they'll... Oh, tip bounty is blood uh, yeah. pool. I can't believe pool. they make minimum phage. <laughs> With a plus zero, that is 16. Excellent. His seven plus his eight is not going to beat that 16, my man. Ooh, That's a 15, that baby. Was close. Oh. As he begins to channel his necrotic energy, it is immediately stymied by overwhelming, just powerhouse of festivity. He looks shocked, taken aback, pleased for a moment, and then angry. Giant fireworks of a fairy fire just go 50, <laughs> 50. Ophidian Ashpool <sighs> is exactly 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> 50 years young. Oh, my God. One red cap just on his knees at the end of the song. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Where are you? 
I would say that as the confetti and balloon settle, waiting near the top of the stairs would be none other than the fallow crown. I think each of you describing your entrance however you like it most would be great. Let's, let's start with Max. Having met Wuxia before, Ophidian Ashpool did not notice him behind the bar, especially because he was wearing a very concealing mustache that he slowly peels off. Okay. <laughs> 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 that's, a, that's a great reaction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you like that. <laughs> also, the idea that Wusha just always had a mustache, but he just ripped his own mustache. <laughs> Whereas usually it is ushered in by a small cloud of dust and dry debris. This time, there is a minute dust devil of confetti and glitter as Iavo's misty steps onto the dance floor. Oh, I love it. A saber pierces through from the inside of the cake. Surprise! (laughs) So fitting as Gaspar peels it in half, uh, throwing away what looks like a little vinyl coat and has a clump of cake in his hand that he then throws at Ophidian's boots. (laughs) Perfect. As Ophidian's eyes search for the last member of the Fallow Crown, he's not quite sure what to expect. Golden glitter? Fairy fire? What he's definitely not expecting is for a woman to simply step out onto a balcony and look down at him. This woman stands six feet tall, with three points on each of her sharp white antlers. While past Penny was small, graceful, born to revel, this Penny is different. She's stronger, born for the purpose of battle. Her canines, both top and bottom, are long and sharp. Her face looks different, sharper, her freckles less pronounced. Her curly hair is long, flowing past her shoulders, and her armor, sculpted like leaves wrapping around her torso, flex and move like living steel. The most striking difference, however, is her eyes. At the center of her golden irises are points of fluorescent green. And as she leaps from the balcony onto the floor below, she has the look of a graceful cat stalking her prey. She levels Zillos in the direction of Ophidian. Smite me, Ashpool. What is it? What in the worlds is happening? The fallow crown, fresh out of their Axis quest in the corpus, have been called upon to stand against the battle standard. Thank you, Ricky. It would seem the battle standard are attempting to steal an artifact of great power from the broken court of Kinuit. With their long-standing rivalry, the crown is the perfect choice to go toe-to-toe with Ophidian and his goons. I don't think we're supposed to take sides, Paige. Oh, I'm not. That's apparently their preferred nomenclature. Well, if it's up to me and my goons, are we good with that? Are we good with goons? Just yeah, 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 no. Goons is perfect. Oh, my mistake. Did you just manifest an audio playback? I keep a scrycorder in my tummy, just in case I should happen upon the news. That's brilliant. I should do that. 
Oh, my silly flesh obelisk. Your tummy is built for storing naught but the finest sausages and lowest of creams. The only thing this little gizmo would help project from inside of you is bum blood. In any case, while the crown may be an appropriate foil to Ashpool, the battle standard has been raising the bar for the hero rank throughout the season. I think, despite their propensity for protagonism, the crown may well find their tactics wanting against a superior force. Oh, my dear gods! Lords above! It would seem our dear Penelope has undergone some manner of... change. Our first plural hero has metamorphosed in the process of her recovery, if indeed she still identifies in the feminine. However she identifies, I'm clocking her at a solid ten. Apparently, our once-beloved cinnamon bun has manifested some metaphorical bear claws. Rower. Keep it in your hatch, tin soldier. With their latest addition, I'm giving fair odds to the crown. No argument here. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, I, get it. <laughs> I don't get the reference, but I like it. No, it's like bite me. <laughs> I get you. Okay, that makes more sense. Hot damn! It's, I am excited for this fight. Smite my ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Family a it's style. a nice way of saying um, bite me, asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. That's kind of what I thought was going on, but I wasn't sure. Hell yeah! Let's hear the highlights around the table, please. Ooh, or should we all just say it's the Grimalkin? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's the Grimalkin. I mean, for the, some reason, I didn't know the episode ended. I thought that laugh was Ashpool reacting. Mm. Oh, it, no. was, it was in. It was like you know the thing he would do, kind of. The step between yeah. Zach and Ashpool is such a terrifyingly short step that it's almost <laughs> unsettling to me at times. Yeah, not voice wise, just as a character. It's like it just means he's very realized. Not gonna lie. I kind of am basing him a little bit off of high school Zach. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> Just the fucking worst. Hey, high school Zach, if you're listening, fuck you. Can I propose we cancel OUQ and start a new podcast about pigeon clickbait, old Pete and, <laughs> and horseradish? Horse it's old Hank. Thank you. Old sorry. Hank. I old tried. Hank. I guessed I really shot in the dark and okay. couldn't remember. Old Hank, the sleepy German Grimalkin. Yeah, let's go. Fucking highlight definitely has to be the group of cats. Okay, okay. So like Max has stolen that from the table. No, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought we were all going down on this. Never oh, okay, mind. Okay. I'm gonna go back. I think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're allowed to say that. You, are, no, you have first wanna... pick. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Being first pick is, is a good honor. I think that's a really it good has show. To be honored though. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It, it does have to be honored. I, I also, man, the sewer witch. <laughs> The Septica, the the sewer witch, the voice slapped me in the face. I didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth. I just was like, that was divine inspiration, (laughs) my dude. That was great. Keep your eye out. (laughs) (laughs) We got to go with, I think, the whole birthday cake Mm. thing. Oh, my (laughs) God. Very good. I threw that suggestion in as like a. Such a good (laughs) thing. It's funny. It kind of makes sense. I don't know. The idea of a bunch of fucking leprechauns singing happy birthday, <laughs> delivering a cake. <laughs> yeah, it's like, here's an uh, angel of death in a bar fight, terrifying uh, everybody, so and happy birthday. Sir. And then and then Gaspar being in the cake. <laughs> right, but especially like the song too. Because mm-hmm. like the that, song. Uh, I mean, we had the, the restaurant birthday song, yeah. and I was like, well, why don't we just change the lyrics to be Faye-oriented? Right, it. and that, that all spun up in like three minutes, um, and then we just practiced it once and then did the final one. Very good. I don't know. I liked it when that dude got big spicy diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) 
He poisoned himself with his own poison. He's the poison doctor, too, and he just fucking beefed it. Yeah, he was kind of bad roll. You know what I liked was that we actually did really well numerically yes. in this skill challenge. We shut down a lot of their bad. It's true. It doesn't always happen. And the ones that we failed, we failed by, like, one. Yeah. We actually, so like, after so many, like, not great skill challenges, uh-huh. seeing some good numbers come up felt pretty good. Yeah. It was because they were doing the skill challenge. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> we were on the D. Yeah. We're on the D. They got some bad fucking rolls on that one, too. They started strong, and then it did not last. That's how we usually do. I gave these guys some pretty top-tier shit. Like, they are they are a little better than they should be, and they still fucking beefed it. Well, this has been an absolute fucking delight for me personally. We managed to stretch this skill challenge into an entire episode, which baffles the hell out of me. But, you know, obviously check out the LUQ.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please send it to somebody else. And until next time, we wish you luck. Oh.